Hi there, I'm Annette, Church Life Pastor, and as Robbie said earlier, Happy New Year. First Sunday of 2022, that's just hard to believe, but here we are. So have you got any New Year's resolutions? Have you thought about things and what you want to you know, work towards this year? I know it's time of year when we tend to do that. It's interesting, we need discipline to have New Year's resolutions. And I recently had a definition, heard a definition of discipline that has really reframed how I think about it. It, it, it is, discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want now. And as I think of 2022, I'm trying to use that framework. It seems more positive to me than my previous understanding of, of discipline. But so discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want now. So 2022, let's, let's roll with it, shall we? And as we said over Christmas, Jesus is the hope of the world. So we want to take that hope into 2022. Now, if you're visiting One Hope and you're viewing online, great to have you here. As a church, we follow a daily Bible reading guide called Thrive. This is, here it is. You would have seen the church news, the church ad for it to say that we've got a special subscription going. Well, with Thrive, since November, we have been looking at the life of David and we've come to the end of that time and we've been following the ups and downs of his life. So what I'm going to do now is we're going to jump a little bit ahead in Thrive to Kings and to the building of the temple. So let's, let's have a look at the story so far. Let's get a bit of context. So David has come to the end of his life and he wants to build a temple. We know that David had a heart after God and he wants to build a temple to God, to, for God, to honour him. But we're told that he's not allowed to. This is what it says in 1 Chronicles 22, verse 7 to 10. Then David sent for his son Solomon and instructed him to build a temple for the Lord, the God of Israel. My son, I wanted to build a temple to honour the name of the Lord my God, David told him. But the Lord said to me, you have killed many men in the battles you have fought. And since you have shed so much blood in my sight, you will not be the one to build a temple to honour my name but you will have a son who will be a man of peace. I'll give him peace with his enemies in all the surrounding lands. His name will be Solomon, and I will give him peace and quiet to Israel during his reign. He is the one who will build a temple to honor my name. He will be my son and I will be his father, and I will secure the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. So David wants to build a temple. God tells him, no, not you, but your son Solomon's going to do it. What happened though is God did give information about the temple and he gave lots of instruction to David about the temple. David chose the site. Uh, I'm going to read quite a few different verses here. They'll, they'll come up on the screen. Then David said, This will be the location of the temple for the Lord God and the place of the altar for Israel's burnt offerings. David also collected materials. David collected vast amounts of building materials before his death. So, the setup is there. Solomon is now king. He's been instructed through God, by God to, through David to build a temple. David has got plans. He's got the site. He's got materials. Let's read about this temple. I'm going to do this from 1, 1 Kings 6. The temple that King Solomon built for the Lord was 90 feet long, 30 feet wide and 45 feet high. The entry room at the front of the temple was 30 feet wide, running across the entire width of the temple. It projected outward 15 feet from the front of the temple. Solomon also made narrow recessed windows throughout the temple. He built a complex of rooms against the outer wall of the temple, 
all the way around the sides and rear of the building. The complex is three storeys high, the bottom floor being seven and a half feet wide, the second floor nine feet wide and the top floor ten and a half feet wide. The rooms were connected to the walls of the temple by beams resting on ledges built out from the wall, so the beams were not inserted into the walls themselves. The stones used in the construction of the temple were finished at the quarry, so there was no sound of hammer, axe or any other iron tool at the building site. And dropping down to verse 14 so we can look at the inside. So Solomon finished building the temple. The entire inside from floor to ceiling was panelled with wood. He panelled the walls and the ceilings with cedar and he used planks of cypress on the floors. He partitioned off the inner sanctuary, the most holy place, at the far end of the temple. It was 30 feet deep and was panelled with cedar from floor to ceiling. The main room of the temple, outside the most holy place, was 60 feet long. Cedar panelling completely covered the stone walls throughout the temple and the panelling was decorated with carvings of girds and open flowers. He prepared the inner sanctuary at the far end of the temple where the Ark of the Lord's Covenant would be placed. This inner sanctuary was 30 feet long, 30 feet wide and 30 feet high. He overlaid the inside with solid gold. He also overlaid the altar made of cedar. Then Solomon overlaid the rest of the temple's interior with solid gold and he made gold chains to protect the entrance to the most holy place. So he finished overlaying the entire temple with gold, including the altar that belonged to the most holy place. And I could keep reading, but I won't. You know, Matt, as we read the word, Matt encourages us to ask the question, where have we, where has, what has God said about this already? What has God already said? Well, it sounds to me like the building of the tabernacle. This was over 400 years prior. The, it, the Israelite people were in Egypt in slavery. They cried out to God. God sent Moses as a leader to free them from slavery and to take them into the promised land. As they were between, as they, after they'd been freed from slavery and before they entered the promised land, God spoke to Moses and told him to build a tabernacle. So we have the tabernacle, God speaking to Moses, and we have the temple, God speaking to David and Solomon. So what are the similarities between the two? Well, there was an ex a great attention to detail. You heard what I just read out there about the, the temple. Well, the tabernacle was the same. You must build this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly according to the pattern I will show you. There are actually six chapters in Exodus, six chapters in Exodus, that detail, that give excruciating detail about the building of the tabernacle. It was all very clear and every detail was important. The other thing is that everyone was involved. The people gave materials in Exodus. So the people of Israel, every man and woman who was eager to help in the work the Lord had given them through Moses, bought their gifts and gave them freely to the Lord. We've heard how David gave materials, but so did the people. The people rejoiced over the offerings, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord, and King David was filled with joy. So the people actively gave. They gave materials, they gave yarn, gems, fabric, in Moses' time, they actually gave so much that Moses had to say to the people, stop, that's enough, we've got more than we need. They gave so freely and everything that they had. The people also provided the labour in Exodus. So Moses summoned Bezalel and Ohiliab and the others who were especially gifted by the Lord and were eager to get to work. And in 1 Kings 5, we can read about the same, about the people were eager. Everyone was involved. It was a communal effort. It wasn't just Moses' temple and it wasn't just Solomon's temple. The 
the temple, everyone contributed. Everyone was a part of it. The tabernacle and the temple were to be the dwelling place for the Lord. The tabernacle, as they moved about, had the people of Israel build a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. And the temple, which was meant to be the permanent place. I will live among the Israelites and will never abandon my people. And then once the tabernacle and the temple were finished, the glory of the Lord filled the place. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. When Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifices and the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. The building of the tabernacle and the temple, so many similarities there. As we can see, it was got to be God's dwelling place. It was God's Holy Spirit filled the place and the people gave they gave of themselves and they gave of all they had. It was a community project. Everyone was involved in it. There, and there was such willingness to be a part of it and commitment. And it was a place for both, both the tabernacle and the temple where offerings were made to the Lord. It was the centre of their worship. As I read that section in Kings before, there was a verse that stood out, really jumped out to me as I read through it. It said, the stones used in the construction of the temple were finished at the quarry, so there was no sound of hammer, axe, or any other iron tool at the building site. Got me thinking about those temple stones being prepared off site. You know, so what they do is they carve a big chunk of stone out of the quarry, but it's not, it's not, that's not usable the way it is. It needs to be finished. And there were master craftsmen that did that. They, they cut them to size. They removed the faults. They smoothed the edges. They got them to just the right shape and size. But to do that, the master craftsmen had to have a plan. They had to have a master plan of what the temple was going to be like at the end. Otherwise, they wouldn't all fit together. But that wasn't all. You know, the preparation, there was a lot of preparation done there. The, I guess the hard work, you could, the, the, heavy, the heavy kind of work that was done there. But then those stones were brought to the temple and they were put in place. But that wasn't the end because what do we read? They were panelled with wood, they were decorated and they were overlaid with gold. Can you imagine how beautiful that would be? Everywhere you looked, you would have seen gold. Here's, here's a couple of pictures of the temple. So the first one shows, you can see from the outside, you've got the, you know, it's hard to imagine from the description, but that's what an artist's impression of it. And the second one shows the inside. Look at all that gold. Everywhere you looked, that was gold. You actually couldn't see the stones from the inside or the wood. You couldn't see them. But you know that that work had to be done or that stone couldn't be in its place. It was beautified when they all got together. It was made beautiful and to something special. That question of Matt, what else does God say? Well, there are many references in the New Testament to the temple, and I want to read you a few. Don't you realise that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? Ephesians 2, we are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentile, are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. And in 1 Peter 2, you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Now, today, we no longer have a physical temple, 
But what we have is a spiritual temple made with living stones. And this is how we worship God, by being these living stones. Matt says, God doesn't want to build a temple. God doesn't want us to build a temple. He's building us into a temple, using us as living stones. You know, I keep thinking about this picture of living stones that Peter talked about. You know, you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. Going back to the physical temple, those stones were prepared off-site. And as living stones, there's a lot of preparing that goes off-site, just one-on-one, us with God. You know, God wants to work on and in us. He wants to shape us. He wants to bring out the best in us. He wants to get us to the right shape so that we will fit with the other living stones in the temple. He wants to remove those faults that are there. You know, but we need to trust him to do that. And that can be scary and fearful. You know, to, to offer ourselves as a living stone for God to work on, we could be quite fearful of that. And if you're scared and fearful of being a living stone and allowing God to shape you, I want you to think, what's God's heart? As you've read the Bible, what's God's heart? What do you know about God? You know that he loves you. And that's his heart. So he's not going to do anything to damage you because he loves you. You also need to remember your previous experience of God. Many times throughout the Old Testament, the Israelites, before something major happened, they would recount all the ways that God had, um, that, you know, the leader would do that, recount all the things that God had done to get them to that point. And as they did that, their faith was built up. It's the same. We're a living stone that we, I want God to work on us. If we're scared of that, just remember, how's, what's your experience of God been so far? Oh, yeah, I remember when he, yeah, oh, he was so kind and gracious and gentle in that moment. Okay, I'm going to trust him. You know, I've been reading a book at the moment called Known by God. And to think that God knows me. You know, Psalm 8 says, What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? God cares about me. He cares about you. And he cares and he knows us so well that he's only going to bring the best out for us. So when we're fearful of scared of being a living stone, we need to remember that, that we're known by God, that we can trust him. But how does God shape us? Well, the first thing is we need to create space in our life so that we can connect with God, so he can do that shaping. You know, this is where those disciplines come in, the disciplines of reading the Bible, meditation, silence, solitude, worship, praying, you know, those, those disciplines are really important. And this is that definition of discipline that I talked about, choosing what I want most over what I want now. This is where it really comes to the party. Because to do those things, praying, reading the Bible, meditation, we have to be disciplined. We have to choose that. And sometimes I don't choose too well. I choose other things instead of spending time to allow God to shape me. It's something that, that I want to work on in 2022. Because if we want God to shape us, if, we want, if we're willing to be a living stone, then we have to allow him to shape us and we have to give him the time to do that. We also have to be, listen and respond. You know, what does that look like? Sometimes it's an audible voice, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's a gentle nudge. I think one of the best ways to find out what what God's saying is to us is to look at our responses. 
If we see that we respond in a not so good way repeatedly, then maybe there's something there. Let me tell you a story. And I know it's a bit vague, but I hope you get the gist of it. Within this church many years ago, there was a particular person that just got under my goat. You know, really, I really struggled with this person. Not that they would know, but I knew that my, my attitude to them was wrong. So I talked to God about it and I asked God to forgive me for my bad attitude. And that was fine. A couple of months later, there was another person that started these same kind of reactions and attitudes. I did the same thing. I went to God and said, oh, I'm sorry. Guess what? A year later, the same thing happened again. And by this time, I realized that God's trying to get my attention. So after I'd said, I'm sorry for my bad attitude, I asked God to reveal to me what, what was going on. Because my response was the same kind of response. So there's something there. And God showed me some things. And with the Holy Spirit, I worked through that. And I haven't had that kind of response again. You know, that's, that's one way that we listen, see what our responses are. And you don't go looking for things. As Matt says, his image of that swamp, you know, that the stick that stirs and stuff rises to the surface. The Holy Spirit will bring things when he knows you're ready. Remember what I said earlier? God knows us. He knows what we can handle. He knows when we can handle it. And he knows what's going on in our life. So as we trust him, he will bring stuff up. You don't go looking, he will bring stuff to the surface. And if you've created that quiet space for you to respond to God and let God to shape you, then he'll work through those things. So that's the shaping that happens offside. Again, we're living stones. But remember those living stones just like the physical temple, the stones prepared off-site, but then they were brought together. There's also the coming together of the living stones. And that's when we gather together. God does something in that place. He, all that work that he do, does on us individually, one-on-one, -on -one, he knows exactly where we need to fit in, into that bigger that temple, that spiritual temple. And he knows we need the person next to us, behind us, over there. We need all of us. God wants all of us together to be the spiritual temple. And when we all come together, something beautiful happens. You know, there's still work, but it's a different kind of work. Just like the beautification of the temple when the, all the stones were together and it was made beautiful, God does that when we come together. Now I know you're viewing this online and you're unable at this time to come together with others. Now maybe that's because of COVID and the, and the things that are happening there and you're not feeling safe and that's okay. I pray, let's all pray that this situation will change and you will feel safe to come back to church and gather as a group. Maybe you're viewing church for the first time and you're just wondering who God is and who Jesus is and what are we talk what am I even talking about living stones? Well, I encourage you to come to church and see what it's like in a group because it's different. And then some of you, church isn't an option and may never be an option again. And you know what? As I said, God knows you and he will meet your needs right where you are. And he won't, you won't miss out because he knows what you need. You know, the back in Kings, you know, there was a physical temple that was built. It was built out of stones and wood and gold. It was built out of the offerings of the people. And, you know, actually, before I go there, there's a Romans 12 verse 1. 
And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. You know, being a living stone, allowing God to work, to work on us and then allowing God to take those living stones and to build it into a temple, that is our ultimate act of worship. Allowing God to do that, we are worshipping him. When we offer ourselves freely to him, it's an act of worship. You know, that. now I'll get back to where I was. You know, in Kings, that physical temple was made out of stones and wood and gold. The people gave offerings that it was built out of the offerings of the people and God dwelt among them and it was the centre of their worship. Now, today, it's a spiritual temple made of living stones of you and me, living stones that God shapes in our quiet time one-on-one with him but then makes into something special when we gather with others and that is our ultimate act of worship. You know, my question for you is, do you want to be a living stone? You know, is there anything stopping you from being a living stone? Is it fear? Is it lack of trust? Are you giving the Holy Spirit space in your life so that the Holy Spirit can shape you? And are you listening to what the Holy Spirit's saying to you? And they're my questions as we come into 2022 and you think about New Year's resolutions and quite often we'll have financial ones and ones about family and holidays and all that. I ask, what are your resolutions or what are your thoughts? What do you want this year with your relationship with God? Do you want to be a living stone? Are you willing to create the space? Are you willing? Are you willing to listen? Are they your goals for this year? Yeah, they're some of mine. And as we head into this, this year, 2022, I want to be a living stone. I want to be part of the spiritual temple. I want to be filled with the spirit and able to, to do whatever God wants me to do. And I want to make the space so that God can work on that living stone, me. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for what you have shown us in your word. I just thank you that, yes, we don't have a physical temple anymore, but we have a spiritual temple and you dwell within each of us individually, but you also dwell within us collectively. And Lord, I, I pray that as we head into this year, new year, that we would all be willing to be molded and shaped by you that we'd be willing to come together and be this special place, this spiritual temple where you dwell amongst us, where we are made more beautiful through you. So Lord, as we go from here, where whatever you have put on our heart, I pray that each, each person will respond accordingly. Lord, we want your will to be done in our lives and in us collectively. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.